data management and and treating data as a valued asset is at all levels. So when you're measuring it, you know, manage it at the corporate level, the vision level, individual levels, and so on. Welcome to Actualizing Success. In this podcast series, our in-house advisors discuss today's finance and technology topics with an emphasis on solutions that embrace tomorrow. Hello, my name is Jay Wright. I'm Managing Director at Actualized Consulting and lead the Enterprise Information Management and Government Practices. Today, Joe Molino and I will be having a conversation on how to be successful with Enterprise Information Management. Prior to starting the conversation, Joe, can you please introduce yourself? Sure, Jay. Thanks. Uh, I'm Joe Molino. I'm a manager at Actualize, and I partner with Jay in the EIM. Great. Thanks, Joe. When I think of EIM success, EIM programs ultimately provides the organization with confidence that their data can be trusted to support their business process and data decision capabilities that support their current and future goals and objectives. In my experiences, one example comes to mind. A number of years ago, I led a material weakness downgrade related to a financial reporting. The solution of the material weakness downgrade focused on incorporating business process and IT automated controls, but the main focus was making sure that the data they were using was accurate and could be trusted prior to reporting the financials. As we'll discuss later, this one example not only focused on implementing data controls, but also behavior modifications that supported the culture of change to view data as a critical corporate asset. Joe, is there any personal experiences uh, you have that you'd like to share? Oh, absolutely. Uh, And right along with what you're saying, Jay, we really look at information management as being two pieces and, again, driving to trust and quality of, of our data. Uh, the first really is an integrated set of technologies, practices, uh, knowledge areas, uh, for instance, around how you define your data, how you define the quality of your data, how you secure your data, et cetera. Those plans and policies and programs really affect a number of different teams within an enterprise. And we stitch that together with a governance function to your point about behavior really focusing on how we manage the behavior associated with the usage of data, again, defining it, et cetera. Uh, So one of our uh, clients uh, asked us for an assessment. Uh, What we discovered during that is that there were a lot of copies of uh, of secure and uh, sensitive data, more so than they thought, uh, because they've been around for a while. This client had been around for a while. Uh, and some of their old architectural practices were based on putting data next to applications. And with this new day uh, coming on with new architectures, network and cloud speeds, uh, it suggested that that proximity of data to the applications really was no longer necessary. That's what was driving all these copies of data. So they thought rethought their architecture and said, you know, why don't we think about consolidating all those into a single authoritative source? And then with the speeds of networks, especially in the cloud these days, everybody should access a single consistent version of the data from an authoritative source. You know, a byproduct of that, we talked earlier about architecture and the definition of data, et cetera. 
A byproduct of that is that it's a heck of a lot easier to secure and manage the quality of a single copy of data than it is, in this case, for literally hundreds of copies. So that's an example of a number of different disciplines surrounding uh, governance on the behavior of the usage of data. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, it's, it's both behavior and and then also the governance components. So, so thanks for pointing those out, Joe. Uh, when assessing if an EIM program is needed, I'd like to share a few business drivers that you should consider. Uh, one is the ability to identify, predict, and react to market changes is critical. Uh, as one example, several companies I've supported believe having a 360 view of the customer is very important to predict how to better serve and retain the customers in a changing market. Another reason for the 360 view is to manage risk. So many of our financial clients that rely on different uh, loan originators, servicers, uh, et cetera, uh, also uh, uses data to do counterparty management risk as well. So those are just a couple uh, ideas for uh, business drivers. Um, that you might want to consider. Additionally, um, regulatory mandates and control findings that need to be remediated, much like the material uh, weakness I referenced earlier. Uh, Other control weaknesses um, that you might hear of uh, include things like consent orders, uh, corporate mandates, MRAs, matters requiring attention. Those are some other uh, different types of regulatory issues that could definitely point to data quality issues. And then one of the, one of the last things too, we all need to save money and reduce cost. So there are a lot of manual processes needed to prepare data and ultimately consumer assumptions across many of our clients. Uh, these processes are very expensive and automating these types of processes has a high return on investment. Also, reducing the number of siloed processes performing the same functions provides another high ROI. So reducing costs is, is clearly uh, a few drivers that you should look uh, look at. Joe, are there any others that come to mind? Well, in this day and age, you know, when, when everybody's looking to accelerate the transformation of the business in the digital age and take advantage of, again, network speeds, et cetera, et cetera, uh, going back to your point about risk, and cost, uh, it, it, you know, information management really is about managing risk. It's all about managing risk, whether there's sufficient data security or whether there's sufficient data quality so that you're making quality decisions. Uh, and in this day and age, uh, the rise of AI and, and machine learning uh, really kind of brings a whole new perspective into it surrounding data ethics. Are we absolutely making sure that we are not biasing our results uh, just by our own inherent biases. The rise of data ethics is really providing uh, the basis for more concern about the use of data and therefore the governance and the behavior around the use of that data. Great. Uh, Thanks, Joe. Very enlightening uh, points. We touched on some of the EIM goals in our experiences, but for the audience, can you summarize what you believe are some of the goals uh, that we really need to highlight um, for the EIM program? Well, yeah, you hit on a couple of them, right? Right along, we got to create trust in the data. 
We've got to manage the risk associated with data. We want to reduce the cost associated with data. But really, when you step back and look at it, it really requires a cultural change that really embraces data as a valued asset. What's interesting about data, as opposed to regular assets like a, a vehicle or, or cost of materials, is that it's a reusable asset. And every time you reuse that, you increase the value. So being able to enable that data for increased multiple uses, again, goes back to the behavior associated with defining the data, sharing the data, et cetera, et cetera. So cultural change is also another big goal. Are there any strategies that you'd like to just point out a few? Uh, that you think are really important to be able to attain these goals? Oh, yeah. Like like in just about any program, uh, the biggest thing is making sure that you align to the goals and objectives of the organization and measure yourself and your program against those goals and objectives all the way down to the individual performance measurements if you can get there. Uh, making sure that you're driven by the business objectives and goals. Uh, we, you know, we talked earlier about an assessment that we've, we do kind of quite often for our clients and really realistically assess your data capabilities in meeting those goals. Communicate, communicate, train, train, again, going back to modifying the culture embracing data as the asset it is, improving the acumen of data across the enterprise and its value and making sure that the behaviors, cultural change that we're looking for really resonates with driving the data value. That's that's spot on, Joe. Um, uh, I would like to just take a moment, just to highlight a few uh, EIM success factors to consider prior to launching the EIM program. Uh, We believe it is critical to have executive sponsorship and commitment to the program. Uh, Without having that executive sponsorship and commitment, uh, having program success is significantly reduced. So that's really important. Uh, We've talked a lot about culture, uh, becoming a data uh, decision-making company and so on, but establishing a culture where data is value uh, is is a value and re- reusable asset. They commit to being that data-driven decision-making company is clearly something that's critical. Align the EIM program with at least one key enterprise objective uh, to maintain attention as these programs are typically multiple years. Uh, as I mentioned before, you know, we, we launched uh, an EIM program to really address uh, material weakness so we, we latched that program to that corporate objective, but also, as we mentioned earlier, increase profits, reduce costs, all those type of things that are usually corporate objectives, um, you know, hook, hook your wag, wagon to those objectives from an EIM perspective. Another thing, too, this is a, um, a multi-year project. It's a journey for a company. And a lot of times you lose momentum. So one of the things that you want to do is start small. Uh, achieve and celebrate successes. I can't emphasize how important that is. That's at the individual level, the department level, corporate level, but really make sure people know who's doing what and then where there's a success 
made really highlight that and communicate it. And as Joe mentioned before, measure the effectiveness of the program. Data management and and treating data as a valued asset is at all levels. So when you're measuring it, you know, manage it at the corporate level, the vision level, individual levels, and so on. So those are just a few things I wanted to highlight. Um, in conclusion, Joe and I would like to thank you for listening to our EIM podcast. Hopefully, we provided some ideas to consider to set up and implement a successful EIM program. Throughout the year, we will conduct other podcasts focused on specific topics of EIM. But in the meantime, please don't hesitate to reach out to Joe or me if you have any questions. Again, thank you for your time. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Actualizing Success. Make sure to visit us online at www.actualizeconsulting.com where you can explore our service offerings. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred platform. If you've enjoyed what we talked about today, please consider leaving a review and following us on LinkedIn. If you have any questions or would like to share your opinions with us, please send us a note at podcast at actualizeconsulting.com. We look forward to hearing from you.